Welcome to Kingdom Testimonies. This is Lisa. Today is Thursday, September 30th, 2021. And today we're going to finish up 2nd Baruch. So that's kind of exciting. Um, and then to kind of fill up the rest of the time, because we really don't have a lot left of 2nd Baruch. There's three short ancient texts that... I want to read. Um, <clears throat> one is the prayer of Manasseh. And I'm going to read that one because Manasseh was part of 2nd Baruch. And he was, if it's the same Manasseh, he was not following the Lord at all. If this is the same Manasseh, then... Um, He's quite repentant. So we're going to read that one. And then um, Bell and the Dragon. That's one that I really like. It's in the time of Daniel. Um, so we're going to read that one. And the last one is the Laodiceans. And that's a New Testament one. Of course, the Laodicean church is part of Revelations. Um, but... Paul, of course, went there, um, possibly started the church there. And so that's just a short one that ends, finishes the, the, I guess, what would you call it? <clears throat> I have three um, in, in my uh, files in my laptop. I have three ancient texts in PDF form. So... And that's just the last one of, of that book. So rather than just leave it as a straggler and it never gets read, we'll read it. Okay, so let's finish 2nd Baruch. We are on chapter 78, and this is the epistle that Baruch sent to the nine and a half tribes by eagle. So the eagle was being kind of a carrier pigeon this day. Um, and this is, of course, after he spoke to the remnant and that was left after the um, temple was destroyed. The rest of them were all carried away in Babylon. The remnant that was left asked him to write these things that he was talking about after uh, the Lord gave him interpretations of dreams and visions and the angel said, Remuel? had visited them, I believe it was. And so they they all said, well, you need to send this to the rest of the people somehow. And he's like, well, the only way to get it to the nine and a half tribes is by an eagle. All right, so let's start there. Chapter 78. These are the words of that epistle, which Baruch, the son of Neriah, sent to the nine and a half tribes, which were across the river Euphrates in which these things were written. Thus says Baruch, the son of Neriah, to the brethren carried, off, carried into captivity. Mercy and peace. I bear in mind, my brethren, the love of him who created us, who loved us from of old and never hated us, but above all educated us. And truly I know that, behold, all we, the twelve tribes, are bound by one bond, Inasmuch as we are born from one father, 
Wherefore I have been the more careful to leave you the words of this epistle before I die, that you may be comforted regarding the evils which have come upon you, and that you may be grieved also regarding the evil that has befallen your brethren. And again also, that you may justify his judgment, which he has decreed against you, that you should be carried away captive. For what you have suffered is disproportioned to what you have done, in order that, at the last times, you may be found worthy of your fathers. It's kind of a really nice way of saying, you brought this on yourselves. Sorry, but any, anyhow. Therefore, if you consider that ye have now suffered those things for your good, that you may not finally be condemned and tormented, then you will receive eternal hope. If above all you destroy from your heart vain error, on account of which you departed hence. For if you, do, if you so do these things, he will continually remember you. He who always promised on our behalf to those who were more excellent than we, that he will never forget or forsake us, but with much mercy will gather together again those who were dispersed. Now, my brethren, learn first what befell Zion, how that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against us. For we have sinned against him who made us, and we have not kept the commandments which he commanded us. Yet he hath not chast chastened us as we deserve. For what befell you we also suffer in a preeminent degree, for it befell us also. And now, my brethren, I make known unto you that when the enemy had surrounded the city, the angels of the Most High were sent, and they overthrew the fortifications of the strong wall, and they destroyed the firm iron corners which could not be rooted out. Nevertheless, they hid all the vessels of the sanctuary, lest the enemy should get possession of them. And that um, was first talked about in chapter 6. And when they had done these things, they delivered thereupon to the enemy the overthrown wall and the plundered house and the burnt temple and the people who were overcome because they were delivered up, lest the enemy should boast and say, Thus by force have we been able to lay waste, even the house of the Most High in war. Your brethren also have they bound and led away to Babylon and have caused them to dwell there. But we have been left here, being very few. This is the tribulation about which I wrote to you. For assuredly I know that the consolation of the inhabitants of Zion consoles you. So far as you knew that it was prospered, it has in parentheses your consolation, was greater than the tribulation which you endured in having to depart from it. But regarding consolation, hear the word. For I was mourning regarding Zion, and I prayed for mercy from the Most High. And I said, How long will these things endure for us, and will these evils all come upon us always? And the Mighty One did according to the multitude of his mercies, and the Most High according to the greatness of his compassion. And he revealed unto me the word that I might receive consolation. And he showed me visions that I should not again endure anguish, and he made known to me the mystery of the times and the advent of the hours he showed me. Therefore, my brethren, I have written to you that you may comfort yourselves regarding the multitude of your, tribu of your tribulations. 
for I know for know you that our maker will assuredly avenge us on all our enemies according to all that they have done to us also that the consummation which the most high will make is very nigh and his mercy that is coming and the consummation of his judgment is by no means far off all right we're in chapter 82 verse 3 for lo, we see now the multitude of the prosperity of the Gentiles, though they act impiously, but they shall be like a vapor. And we behold the multitude of their power, though they do wickedly, but they should be made like unto a drop. And we see the firmness of their might, though they resist the mighty one every hour, but they shall be accounted as spittle. As we consider the glory of their greatness, Though they do not keep the statutes of the Most High, but as smoke shall they pass away. And we meditate on the beauty of their gracefulness, though they have to do with pollutions. But as grass that withers shall they fade away. And we consider the strength of their cruelty, though they remember not the end. But as a wave that passes shall they be broken. And we remark the boastfulness of their might, though they deny the beneficence of God who gave it to them, but they shall pass away as a passing cloud. For the Most High will assuredly hasten his times, and he will assuredly bring on his hours. And he will assuredly judge those who are in his world, and will visit in truth all things by means of all their hidden works. And we, he will assuredly examine the secret thoughts, and that which is laid up in the secret chamber of all the members of male, and will make them manifest in the presence of all with reproof. Let none, therefore, of these present things ascend into your hearts, but above all let us be expectant, because that which is promised to us shall come. And let us not now look unto the delights of the Gentiles in the present, but let us remember what has been promised to us in the end. For the ends of the times and of the seasons and whatsoever is with them shall assuredly pass by together. The consummation, moreover, of the age shall then show the great might of its ruler when all things come to judgment. Do you therefore prepare do you therefore prepare your hearts for that which before you believed lest you come to be in bondage in both worlds, so that you be led away captive here and be tormented there? Oh, that's not a good thought. Not a good thought at all. For that which now which exists now, or which has passed away, or which is to come in all these things, Neither is the evil fully evil, nor again the good fully good. So if you pursue goodness in this world, you will have goodness in eternity. If you pursue wickedness in this world, you will pay for it in this world and in the world to come. Okay. For all healthinesses of this time are turning into diseases, and all might of this time is turning into weakness. And all the force of this time is turning into impotence. And every energy of youth is turning into old age and consummation. And every beauty of gracefulness of this time is turning faded and hateful. And every proud dominion of the present is turning into humiliation and shame. And every praise of the glory of this time is turning into the shame of silence. And every vain splendor and insolence of this time is turning into voiceless ruin. And every delight and joy of this time is turning to worms and corruption. 
and every clamor of the pride of this time is turning into dust and stillness, and every possession of riches of this time is being turned into Sheol alone, and the rapine of passion of this time is turning into involuntary death, and every passion of the lusts of this time is turning into a judgment of torment. And every artifice and craftiness of this time is turning into a proof of the truth. And every sweetness of ungents of this time is turning into judgment and condemnation. I don't know what ungents are. U-N-G-U-E-N-T-S. I was too curious. I had to look up what ungents are. Soft, greasy, or viscous substance used as ointment or for lubrication. That doesn't really tell us what it is, but the ungents of this time, turning into judgment and condemnation, I suppose just being greasy. And every love of lying is turning to contumely through truth. Since therefore all these things are done now, does anyone think that they will not be avenged? But the consummation of all things will come to the truth. Chapter 84 Behold, I have therefore made known unto you these things while I live. For I have said that you should learn the things that are excellent. For the Mighty One hath commanded me to instruct you, and I will set before you some of the commandments of his judgment before I die. Remember that formerly Moses assuredly called heaven and earth to witness against you and said, If you transgress the law, you shall be dispersed. But if you keep it, you shall be kept. And other things also he used to say unto you when you, the twelve tribes, were together in the desert. And after his death, you cast them away from you. On this account, there came upon you what had been predicted. And now Moses used to tell you before they befell you, and lo, they have befallen you, for you have forsaken the law. Lo, I also say unto you, after you have suffered, that if you obey those things which have been said unto you, you will receive from the Mighty One whatever has been been laid up and reserved for you. Moreover, let this epistle be for a testimony between me and you, that you may remember the commandments of the Mighty One, and that also there may be to me a defense in the presence of him who sent me. And remember you the law in Zion, and the holy land, and your brethren, and the covenant of your fathers, and forget not the festivals and the Sabbaths, and deliver this epistle and the traditions of the law to your sons after you, as also your fathers delivered them to you. And at all times make request perseveringly, and pray diligently with your whole heart, that the Mighty One may be reconciled to you, and that he may not reckon the multitude of your sins, but remember the rectitude of your fathers. For if he judge us not according to to the multitude of his mercies, woe unto us all who were born. Know moreover that in former times in the generations of old our fathers had helpers, righteous men, and holy prophets. No more we were in our own land, and they helped us when we sinned. And they helped us when we sinned. Um, apparently the rest of the book was lost. I went to turn the page, and it says finish. So... Um, it says it goes to chapter 86, but there is no 86. So, sorry. That's it. In former times and in generations of old, our fathers had helpers, righteous men, and holy prophets. Let me look and see if 
in this ancient texts online thing that I have, uh, let's see, close that. If we have second Baruch in here, we have Baruch. Uh, let me see how far down it goes. Well, guess what? I just found first Baruch. I didn't find the remainder of second Baruch, but I found the first one. Um, let me just look back here and see if it matches. These are the words of the book, which Baruch, the son of Narias, the son of Messias, the son of Sadisius, the son of Asadius, the son of Chelsius, wrote in Babylon. Baruch did read the words of this book in the hearing of Jeconias, the son of Joachim, king of Judah. Um, and there's only like five chapters. Okay, it's not an apocalyptic book. Um, yeah. It pretty much is describing what happened in the sin of the people. Let's see. Rise, O Jerusalem, stand on high and look toward the east. Behold, thy children gathered from the west, the east, the holy one, rejoicing in remembrance of God. For they departed from thee on foot and were led away of their enemies. For God shall lead Israel with joy in the light of his glory, with the mercy and righteousness that cometh from him. We're not going to read that one uh yet we might come back to it but that's the end of second baruch and i'm gonna put a note here uh first baruch is in my ancient texts okay so in the 10 minutes that we have left i would like to go down and let's read Manasseh's prayer. It's one chapter. Uh, it looks like just one long verse. But let's read that. O Lord God, O Lord Almighty God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and of their righteous seed, who has made heaven and earth with all the ornament thereof, who has bound the sea by the word of thy commandment, who has shut up the deep and sealed it by thy terrible and glorious name, whom all men fear and tremble before thy power, for the majesty of thy glory cannot be borne, and thine angry threatening toward sinners is importable. But thy merciful promise is unmeasurable and unsearchable, for thou art the most high Lord of great compassion, long-suffering, very merciful, and repentest of the evils of men. Thou, O Lord, according to thy great goodness, hast promised repentance and forgiveness to them that have sinned against thee, and of thine infinite mercies hast appointed repentance unto sinners, that they may be saved. Thou, therefore, O Lord, that art the God of the just, hast not appointed repentance to the just, as to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, which have not sinned against thee, but thou hast appointed repentance unto me, that am a sinner." For I have sinned above the number of the sands of the sea. My transgressions, O Lord, are multiplied. My transgressions are multiplied. 
and I am not worthy to behold and see the height of heaven for the multitude of mine iniquities. I am bowed down with many iron bands that I cannot lift up mine head, neither have any release, for I have provoked thy wrath and done evil before thee. I did not thy will, neither kept I thy commandments. I have set up abominations and have multiplied offenses. Now therefore I bow the knee of my heart, beseeching thee of grace. I have sinned, O Lord, I have sinned, and I acknowledge my iniquities. Wherefore I humbly beseech thee, forgive me, O Lord, forgive me. Destroy me not with mine iniquities. Be not angry with me forever, by reserving evil for me. Neither condemn me to the lowest parts of the earth. For thou art the, the God, even the God of them that repent, and in me thou wilt show all thy goodness. For thou wilt save me, that am unworthy, according to thy great mercy. Therefore I, therefore I will praise thee forever all the days of my life, for all the powers of the heavens do praise thee, and thine is the glory forever and ever. Amen. So if that's the Manasseh, 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 I don't know, that um, Baruch was talking about, I, that was a few days ago. Is that the, yeah, here, the Black Ninth Waters, which you have seen. This is uh, chapter 64 in Second Baruch that we just read. The Black Ninth Waters, this is all the wickedness, which was in the days of Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah. Now, it doesn't say in the prayer which Manasseh it is. Um, but in Baruch, it says, For he wrought much impiety, and he slew the righteous, uh, righteous, and he wrested judgment. And he shed the blood of the innocent, and wedded women he violently polluted. And he overturned the altars and destroyed their offerings and drove forth their priests, lest they should minister in the sanctuary. So, um, yeah. And he made an image with five faces. Four of them looked to the four of winds, and the fifth and the son of the image is an adversary of the zeal of the mighty one. Then wrath went forth from the presence of the mighty one to the intent that Zion should be rooted out. But also in, against the two tribes... Um, and to such a degree did the impiety of Manasseh increase it, remove the praise of the Most High from the sanctuary. On this account, Manasseh was at that time named the impious, and finally his abode was in the fire. For though his prayer was heard with the Most High, finally, when he was cast into the brazen horse and the brazen horse was melted, it served as a sign unto him for the hour. For he had not lived perfectly, for he was not worthy, but thenceforward he might know by whom finally he should be tormented, for he who is able to benefit is also able to torment. Um, it says, for though his prayer was heard, um, he was cast into the brazen horse. It says, he, Baruch says that he was tormented. Manasseh in his prayer says, I know you will save me. I know you will forgive me. I will praise you for all the days of my life. So, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to make a note here. Ancients, number one. That's interesting. Okay, so now we're going to go on to Bell and the Dragon. I really like this one. Um, it is one chapter. Uh, 
This was written in the time of Daniel, which was around 600 or so BC. Um, and Jeremiah and Baruch are also around 600 BC. So this is this is kind of contemporary with the time that we of the what we just read. Okay. And King Astyages was gathered to his fathers, and Cyrus of Persia received his kingdom. So this is in the time of King Cyrus. And Daniel conversed, conversed with the king and was honored above all his friends. Now the, Bab the Babylonians had an idol called Bel, capital B-E-L. And there were spent upon him every day tw twelve great measures of fine flour, and forty sheep, and six vessels of wine. And the king worshipped it, and went daily to adore it. But Daniel worshipped his own god. And the king said unto him, Why dost not thou worship Bel? Who answered and said, Because I may not worship idols made with hands, but the living God, who hath created the heaven and the earth, and hath sovereignty over all flesh. Then the king said unto him, Thinkest thou not that Bel is a living God? Seest thou not how much he eateth and drinketh every day? Then Daniel smiled and said, O king, be not deceived, for this is but clay within and brass without, and did never eat or drink anything. So the king was wroth and called for his priests and said unto them, If ye tell me not who this is that devours these expenses, you shall die. So they've been. So the king was thinking that the idol named Bell was actually eating what offerings were brought there. So he called for his his priests and said, "All right, who's eating the stuff that we bring to this to to our uh, our little G God?" And then he says, "But if you can certify me that Bell devours them, then Daniel shall die, for he has spoken blasphemy against Bell." And Daniel said to the king, let it be according to your word. I'm going to, I'm. it's so hard to read the old English. I'm, I'm changing thy to your and, and I'm not changing the, you know, the overall meaning. Now the priests of Bel were three score and ten. So that's 70 besides their wives and children. And the king went with Daniel into the temple of Bel. So Bel's priest said, Lo, we go out, but you, O king, set on the meat and make ready the wine and shut the door fast and seal it with your own signet ring. And tomorrow when you come in, if you find not that, that has eaten up all, we will suffer death or else Daniel that speaks falsely against us. For they regarded it, for under the table they had made a privy entrance, whereby they entered in continually and consumed those things. Oh my gosh. So when they <clears throat> so when they were gone forth, the king set meats before Bel. Now Daniel had commanded his servants to bring ashes, and those they strewed throughout the temple in the presence of the king alone. And they went out and shut the door, sealed it with the king's signet, and so departed. Now in the night came the priests and their wives and children, as they were wont to do, and did eat and drink up all. In the morning the king arose, and Daniel with him. And the king said, Daniel, are the seals whole? And he said, Yes, king, they be whole, like no one broke in. 
And as soon as he had opened the door, the king looked upon the table and cried with a loud voice, Great art you, O Bel, and with you is no deceit at all. Then Daniel laughed and held the king that he should not go in and said, Behold now the pavement and mark well whose footsteps those are. And because Daniel had put ashes down. And the king said, I see the footsteps of men, women, and children. And then the king was angry and took the priests with their wives and children who showed him the privy doors where they came in and consumed such things as were upon the table. Therefore the king slew them and delivered Bel into Daniel's power, who destroyed him and his temple. In that same place there was a great dragon, which they of Babylon worshipped. And the king said unto Daniel, Will you also say that this is of brass? Lo, he lives, he eats and drinks. You cannot say he is no living God. Therefore worship him. Then Daniel said to the king, I will worship the Lord my God, for he is the living God. But give me leave, O king, and I shall slay this dragon without sword or staff. The king said, I give thee leave. Then Daniel took pitch and fat and hair and did seethe them together and made lumps thereof. This he put in the dragon's mouth, so the dragon burst in sunder. And Daniel said, Lo, these are the gods you worship. So he made a big glob and put it in the dragon's mouth, and pretty much choked them. When they heard, when they of Babylon heard that, they took great indignation, doesn't that figure, and conspired against the king, saying, The king is become a Jew, and he has destroyed Bel. He has slain the dragon, and put the priests to death. So they came to the king and said, Deliver us, Daniel, or else we will destroy you and your house. Now when the king saw that they pressed him sore, being constrained, he delivered Daniel unto them, who was cast into the lion's den where he was six days. This is the real story behind Daniel in the lion's den. Or so it says. All right. I mean, this is the more details behind it. And in the den there were seven lions, and they had given them every day two carcasses and two sheep which then were not given to them to the intent that they might devour Daniel. Now there was in Jewry a prophet named Habakkuk. We know of Habakkuk. He's in the Bible. Who had made pottage, a stew, and had broken bread in a bowl and was going into the field for to bring it to the reapers. But the angel of the Lord said to Habakkuk, Go, carry the dinner that you have into Babylon to Daniel, who is in the lion's den. And Habakkuk said, Lord, I never saw Babylon, neither do I know where the den is. Then the angel of the Lord took him by the crown and bare the back of his head and bare him by the hair of his head and through the vehemency of his spirit set him in Babylon over the den. So Habakkuk was taken in the spirit by the back of his hair and set down in the den where Daniel is at. And Habakkuk cried, saying, O Daniel, Daniel, take the dinner which God has sent thee. Because he was, he was locked in there for six days. And Daniel said, you have re Oh, thou hast remembered me, O God. Neither have you forsaken them that seek you and love you. So Daniel arose and did eat. And the angel of the Lord set Habakkuk in his own place again immediately. I, I just love that story. I think it's so cool. That's it. That's the end of it. 
it, it like gives us more information of what happened with Daniel being thrown into the lion's den. We get the condensed version in the Bible. But in this, in this, oh, extended version with detail, we find out so much more. Habakkuk is part of it. Habakkuk is taken in the spirit and placed in the lion's den or above the lion's den, whichever, to feed Daniel. You know, it's the supernatural acts that God does. And and I, I totally, um, this was used to be part of the Apocrypha, I believe. Um, let me look at what this is called. The Researcher's Library of Ancient, yeah, the Apocrypha. So this is out of the Apocrypha. Now, I was raised Catholic. I think I've said that before. And my Catholic Bible had the Apocrypha in it. Um, I don't remember of Bell and the Dragon. I don't think I even really read hardly any of it because it was kind of like, don't get it. But, you know, here it is. Um, all right. So I want to start with two Esdras. Um, I think next week we'll start with, start with two Esdras. And, but there is a one Esdras. And let me just look and see. There's nine chapters to one Esdras, which is Ezra. Esdras is Ezra. And that's the Ezra of the Bible. Um... Gee whiz, that seems to be kind of long. So let me see what what one Ezra Ezra's is. Josiah kept the Passover to his Lord in Jerusalem, killed the Passover lamb. You know, I'm kind of inclined that maybe we should read one Ezra's. It's not a, I mean, he's, he's also in Cyrus, the king of the Persians. Um, and then King Darius. I will let you know tomorrow if we're going to read first Esdras. Um, and we'll, we'll just take it from there. We're at the end of today's time. So I'll take a look at it, and, and we'll decide what tomorrow is going to be mystery. Tomorrow's a mystery. We'll read something really cool, but it's a mystery. And we'll start on 2nd Esdras, the apocalyptic book of 2nd Esdras on Monday. So with that, I pray you all have a blessed day. Oh, no, and we did not do, what was the, the Laodicean one? That's a New Testament one. We'll save that for the New Testament uh, readings that, that we do. So we'll save that one. All right. And like I was going to say, with that, I pray you have a blessed day.